Today on Foodstuffs. The suburbs loses a financial advisor, but gains a banh mi shop. One Vietnamese Canadian finds inspiration in a business park to both honor his heritage and make time for family. Yes, it's a lot of number crunching and it's just my, how, how I was raised too, where if you want something, you gotta go for it. I figure I'm still a little bit young. Yeah. <laughs> I still got five, ten years left for me. You're, You're listening, listening to Foodstuffs. Welcome to Foodstuffs, a podcast about food and culture and their intersections. I'm Jessica Walker. And I'm Brian Goldman. Hey, B. What's up? <laughs> yeah, I actually can't see you. So where are you? Set the scene for me. Uh, I'm in my basement studio amongst uh, many microphone cables and uh, a giant photo of my beloved Montreal Canadians staring at me. <laughs> what about you? I am, well, I'm continually trying to make uh, better choices for how to record from my house. Um, so now I'm surrounded by my bed. Okay. That's good. Lots of, uh, sound absorbing materials in that, uh, that room. (laughs) Yeah. This is key. Yes, exactly. Um, so this week we are going to hear from, who is it? Yeah, we're going to be talking to Bruce Lee, the bee behind Bee's Bon Me Shop, which is my local sandwich shop, my local Bon Me. Uh, here is, I would say, about six minutes away from the house. Six minutes driving, I mean. Yes. Um, and yes, everyone in the sur- suburbs drives, so everything is, uh, <laughs> the times are all based on cars. Okay, no walking. (laughs) I think that's relevant to the conversation that you're having here, actually. Um, But in the past, we've done a lot of different interviews with different shop owners and chefs and that sort of thing. You went out to the Saucy Pig in Elmville in season one. Um, I went and talked to Gaurab Lama, the owner of Tibet Kitchen here in Parkdale in season two. Last season started off with Mark DeFort from Royale's Luncheonette. Um, We chatted with Grant Van Garman. Anyway, now I'm just remembering all these different owners uh, out loud. But what made you want to talk to Bruce about his business? Well, I thought it was really interesting because at first, well, there's a couple things. First of all, and... There's yeah. There's not a lot of Asian options uh, out in Oakville. Mississauga, you get some. Etobicoke, you get some. But you come into Oakville, not a lot. We have an L of Minerva, thankfully, mm. um, and we got bees. So it was just unusual to see that here, and I was really excited uh, to go. And I went uh, often enough that I started to know the guy a little bit, like similar to with you and Grob. Um, and got to hear his story. And one of the things that struck me as interesting was, like Mark Dufour, was uh, how this was someone who uh, opened up a place specifically so he could spend more time with his family. He actually is not yeah. uh, an industry veteran. He's somebody that uh, was actually a financial advisor for a number of years, uh, but was spending, with a young family, was spending what he thought was too much time away from his family and wanted to spend more time with them. Um, so he had this idea for a lunch spot um, that featured a lot of his recipes, a lot of his uh, family's recipes. And I just thought it was amazing. Again, we had this conversation in season two or sorry, in season three with Mark um, talking again about 
trying to marry the, you know, desire of like having your own spot and kind of living your dreams, but also having mm-hmm. time for, um, in B's case, it's, it's family in Mark's, it, I think was a relationship that he had, but, you know, trying to put some personal time in that, which is, uh, again, a rare thing in this industry, I think. So that was what was first interesting to me. Well, that all sounds really interesting. And I know that when you started the conversation, you kind of realized just what uh, an interesting backstory there is that led up to all of this precursor childhood, right, where yeah. he was born, etc. So that was really uh, cool to hear about. So we should probably just get to it. This is the B in B's Bon Me from Oakville, Ontario. Here we have it. So basically, um, I got immigrated to Japan, to, uh, I think it was Tokyo. We stayed there in 79, 78 for two years in the immigration camp. Um, I was around three or four years old. Uh, we were one of the boat people from Vietnam, escaped Vietnam from the Communist Party. And after that, we got sponsored from a family, a very nice family from uh, Montreal. Uh, so we went to live with them for two years. Uh, I think my parents worked or went to school. We saved up and then we decided to move to Toronto uh, so they could go to uh, more schooling and develop more business skills as, uh, as more opportunities arrived in Toronto also. Uh, from there, I learned from all the foods that I ate, from different nationalities. Um, it was cold too. I'm not used to the cold yeah. <laughs> in Toronto and Montreal. That was a big change too. but. Overall, it was a very good uh, experience, and I'm glad uh, I became a Canadian and we moved to uh, um, Montreal, and Toronto, and from Japan. Oh, yeah. And like you were, so you were, you said about three years old. So when you were in Japan, by the time you came here, it was five or about six. Five or six. Yes. So really early memories yes. in your life, and I mean, do you do you remember anything about Vietnam? Not much. Um, I remember there was a big rush during the, when I was three or four. My mom's carrying me to um, to the boat. I guess. I remember there's a lot of people running around, crying or just panic. It's a lot of panic. Yeah. But that's about it. I don't remember much. Yeah. But I hear stories from my parents to telling about those panic days. Uh, it was uh, very interesting. Probably yeah. a lot of like piecing things together before like. Faded sort of yeah, memories. Yeah, faded memories. Whatever your parents yeah, told you to. told right? you, yeah. And Montreal, like, I was thinking there's an obvious sort of French connection too. Obviously, yes. the, the French being in uh, uh, Vietnam for so long. Yes. They had a big uh, influence. Big influence, for sure. I, I don't know, maybe for your parents, I don't know, maybe that... Did they speak French or, yes. or, or English I, at all? Or? Yes, I think they uh, they learned French in Vietnam. Yeah. Is there, I think it was ESL, the second language. So when we went to Montreal, I think they were, they were capable of talking to get around in, okay. in Montreal. And uh, I, knew, I knew some French too, I, I believe, but yeah. I can't read not anymore. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So, so Montreal was a good, it was a good start yeah. to our life, to both our parents and mine. And what, you, like the, the family you say you, that sponsor you, they're just a, um, a French-speaking, yes. uh, French-Canadian family? Yes, French. Do you remember anything about them? Uh, I remember the, they had a son. Uh, he showed me around. His name was Francois. That's, yeah. I don't so remember that's like much. late yeah. 70s or so, eh? Yeah, 79, 80? Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember anything about, like, um, again, the? I'm thinking about the food going from 
Vietnam to Japan to uh, Montreal to Toronto, you experienced a lot of different uh, yes, food in food. that time. And yes. I wonder like, what you remember about sort of uh, what role that played in your life and sort of adjusting to these new places yeah. and uh, experiencing this new food. The food I remember in Montreal is basically a lot of pasta we ate from the family. Um, yeah. And the bread, we ate a lot of baguettes, Italian baguettes and French baguette breads yeah. with butter and sugar. That's what we used to get <laughs> in the morning with the sugar and put it in the oven and toast it. Wow. That's, how, that's what we used to eat in the morning then, back then. Wow. Yes. That's a Simple food, but simple it was so food. good. I don't know about healthy, but it was simple and good. Now, did you grow up, like, once you guys sort of got um, uh, your own place, yeah. and, like, say, you moved around a little bit, I imagine you're mostly e eating a lot of Vietnamese food. You talk about um, when you first started maybe paying attention to uh, to that and what your memories are of your, your mom. I assume most, most likely your mom did most of yes, so, like Yes, yeah, so basically she just took what she uh, we ate in Vietnam, what did she cooked from her ingredients in Vietnam and took it to Montreal and to here. Back then, there's only one Asian supermarket in Toronto or Montreal, right? right? So we would trek down with the subway and take the bus, hour and a half there, an hour back, just to get the Asian ingredients. Yeah. And she basically cooks for the whole week. And what yeah. kind of food did you grow up eating? Uh, Vietnamese food. Yeah. So pho, noodles, rice, stir fry, Simple, simple, but good food. Yeah, good Vietnamese food. A lot of food. rice, a lot of noodles, a lot, lot of, of noodles, soup, a lot, lot of, of soups. like steamed and pickled vegetables yes. and things like that. Right? Yes, yeah, yes, and a lot of grilled meats. Yes. And when did you start? Uh, did was there a time when you started uh, maybe cooking with your mom, or what piqued your interest in, in um, food? So basically, probably in my late teens, early university years, start thinking about more of my body. Yeah. What I'm eating. Yeah and seeing what kind of greens my mom is putting in her food and the restaurants and what type of food is out there. That's when I first start to start to pique an interest in the type of foods that, yeah. that I can make or eat. Now, did you ever work in uh, restaurants or anything like that or have family that worked in restaurants? Uh, basically, uh, only my mom's side. Well, I never met them, but they have, uh, they're known to make have restaurants in Houston. Uh, haven't met them, haven't gone there yet, but. That's the only uh, business sense on my family side into the food industry. But did you ever have that? I think, I mean, I think a lot of people have this sort of thought of like, hey, I'd love to own a restaurant one day. Did you ever have that <laughs> sort of in, in your yes, life? Yes, yes. Late, was it late 20s or early 30s? Yeah. I figured, because uh, Vietnamese is known for the baguettes, their sandwiches too, which is come from the French side also, the yeah. French colony. So I figure I eat a lot of Subway, burgers, hot dogs, yeah. right? So I figure, you know, the Vietnamese, is, uh, they have mostly grilled meats on their sandwiches. Yeah. So I figured it could be a good alternative, healthier alternative with fresh ingredients and non-processed food in our baguette sandwiches. So this place that you have now, is how close is that to that, you know, kernel of a thought that you had all, all those years ago? Uh, basically, that's the reason why I started this business. I wanted to have an alternative to Mr. Sub or Subway or all the Canadian, um, the Canadian style food. So we so, like sandwiches. Yes. 
Don't get me wrong, their sandwiches are good too, but I just want to provide an alternative <laughs> to, to, to those sandwiches. But health is some, something that's important to yes. you, and that was like part of yes, the reason why. The older. other part that sort of seemed to drive this decision, I know from talking to you before, is uh, family. When and what I think drove that where you realized that this is really something that's important to me and I'm going to take some steps to make sure that I can spend as much time with my family as possible. Because I think in North America and probably the rest of the world is happening too. Yeah. But there's a real career obsession. Yes, I right? agree. And I feel like there's, there's a lot of people that are sort of choosing their career. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm not judging those people, but it seems yeah. like more and more people are, are really putting a lot of their energy in, into career. When did yeah. you realize that hey, family is something that I want to make sure that I'm dedicating a lot of my energy to. Um, so basically, uh, when my daughter was born, one or two years after, I realized, you know, life is not all about uh, money, right? You know, when you were younger, you want to get this, you want to get that. Obviously, yeah. you need to work hard to achieve to get those things, right? So I figure once I had my career, I was in finance before for a long time. Um, I took some time off just to figure what I wanted to do after that. And um, I figured this type of business, this in this location, I figured I could balance both worlds. There's a better balance, right? Yeah. See, now this is yeah. something that's interesting to me because yes. I feel like when most people think about a restaurant, you think, first of all, it's risky. A lot of yes, everybody knows how like, businesses fail, but restaurants, more than anything, they've Fail, yeah. Right. So it's tough to make money. But beyond that, the ones that succeed, it seems like you got to put everything yes. into it. Right. And very often it comes at the expense of family. So mm -hmm. you were in finance, putting in, yes. putting in your hours, mm -hmm. making your money. Right. And now you start to have a family and you think, I want to dedicate more time to it. I'm gonna open up a restaurant. Yeah, it I seems know. crazy. <laughs> Who's the first person that told you, man, that's crazy? That's not gonna work. Well, yeah, that's well, yeah, that's my wife and my my parents. <laughs> yeah, your family. They're like, what? Yeah, but I figure if you, if you work hard at anything and you give it your all and you provide a good product, I think there's there's a good chance that you can survive. Right? And probably like uh, I've mentioned before, a lot of people that get into the restaurant business maybe don't have a great grasp yeah. of economics. They think, they're thinking more about the idea. Yeah. In finance, um, you know, you got a good idea of numbers, but you also have a business sense. So you're thinking yeah. about, you know, the market and the yeah. location and things like that. What gave you the, sort of the confidence to think that, you know, I can sort of beat the odds and, and make this work? Was it sort of the, that, Business and finance background. Yes, it's uh, a yes, it's a lot of number crunching, and it's just my how how I was raised too. Where if you want something, you gotta go for it, right? And I figure I'm still a little bit young. Yeah. <laughs> I still got five ten years left for me, but yeah. yeah but uh, I figure I did some research around this area too, where I figure it's all industrial, and then okay. I figure there's not much. Well, there's Tim Hortons on both sides, but there's, there's not much of my type of sandwich. So maybe I just provide an alternative. And if I provide a, a good, healthy product with fresh ingredients, there's a chance it could be somewhat successful, right? And this area, too, is the hours, too. Mm -hmm. I didn't want it to open long hours. Right. 
So, so that was the, that the that idea was the main, of like, hey, lunch that was, spot. Yes, the lunch spot. So, the, and then, yeah. okay, so I'd like to go through that sort of that sequence in your mind. Okay, yeah. all right, well, I want my hours to be, yeah. you know, not middle too, of the day, not too day. crazy. I'm home at, at, at night kind of thing. Yeah. So, lunch spot. The lunch okay, spot. Okay, so then you go from there and think, okay, where where would that be and who would go to a yeah. lunch spot? Yeah. You pick out this spot. Like I said, it didn't strike me initially as mm-hmm. a great spot for for lunch spot, but yes. it really is. Because there's a lot of hungry dudes, yes. right? Mostly, who are looking for a good yes. meal. meal yeah. You like your sandwiches, and like you say, this is the, the healthy alternative. Okay, yes. so this is your, your, your checklist that yes. we're going through. Yes. What else was on that checklist? The, the pricing also. I'm trying right? to compare myself to pricing of Tim Hortons, and there's a Wendy's there, there's pizza. Right, and there's Vietnamese. There's not much Vietnamese food around here, also. Yeah. When it comes to soups, too. Was right? that scary though, a little bit to think like, hey, maybe there's a reason? Because for those who don't know, we're Oakville, like close to the border of Burlington. Yeah. You know, Toronto is very multi-ethnic. Yes. Mississauga, very mm-hmm. multi-ethnic. You hit Oakville, Burlington, and all of a sudden it changes dramatically. Mm-hmm. It's not, especially the southern, so the south part. Yes. Right? So there aren't a lot of. It doesn't yes. seem like there are a lot of Asian. There's a lot of Asian people here, actually. Yes, yes. You want to find Asian people in Oakville, you come here. Yes. But was that a maybe um, a scary thought for you to think like, okay, a big part of my my customer base, mm-hmm. they're not going to be Asian people. Are they going to take to this kind of yes. restaurant? Was that a fear of yours? Uh, somewhat. But uh, I grew up basically a Canadian, right? With yeah. Toronto, Torontonian food, so I experienced all types of food. So my taste is. Not to basically cater to Asian, it's catered right. to uh, Canadians or Caucasian or any any ethnic group, right? Because my my sauces on the on my all my meals, it's basically with the fusion, more uh, more Canadianized style right. sauce, right? Not a typical okay, Vietnamese a, sauce. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense because yeah. you have that. Even though maybe with your family you grew up eating yeah. that food, yeah. As a young adult, yeah. adult, really your palate was. Western, when you Westerns, say like yes. everything, everything, Toronto, you yes. eat all kinds of food. Mm-hmm. And certainly I can say here, like you kept the menu. Oh, that's maybe other something else you should point out. Yes. Is that the menu is pretty short and the staff, you only got like a couple people working with you. That's basically, right. Yes. Right? So was that important to you too, to keep that, um, that overhead low and keep that, that menu to a manageable part? Was that something you thought about a lot? Yes. Uh, I just want to keep it simple. So we could actually concentrate on the ingredients and um, just make it a simple menu. And then we have our daily specials also that we cater to, right? So it gets to a point where most of my customers gets to know me or them on a personal basis. And they trust. It comes to a trust issue too with the food, right? Yeah. So if they trust our food, then they'll... So even if it's something maybe they don't know, like, huh. Yes. What is this? Yes. Is that good? Then they'll yes. ask you. They'll ask me if it's good? Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> but yeah, but they trust the food. And that's, you know, I tell them I, I uh, cook it with uh, my heart, my passion. Yeah. Right? And it's something I like. But the food, does it come, are these all yours? Is it some family so, food? Where, where, does it, where does this food come uh, from? Basically, it comes from family. A lot of it comes from the family ingredients. Um, comes from uh, researching, uh, tasting also, tasting at a home and and uh, testing it out at home with different kind of ingredients uh, from TV, from internet. So it's a combination of everything from yeah. my past, what I ate, from my friends. So it's a combination of everything. 
Are there, yeah. Is there any real like family secret recipe that's that's in here somewhere? Yes, it's uh, it's got in the black box all the ingredients. <laughs> I'm thinking about no. those soups though, because yes. honestly, like I've had a lot of different Vietnamese um, food, at least here in Canada. I mean, yes. Canadian food, Vietnamese food, and I've not had soup that tasted quite like that. The broth. Is mm -hmm. that the family yes. secret there? No. All the soups here is the family uh, ingredients, which they um, they cooked for years growing up. Yeah. So, yeah. A lot of, yes. lot of love. A lot, lot of love, a lot of passion. So, basically, I just want to cook some nice home cooking. Basically, that's my uh, thing for this restaurant. Yeah. Right, some fresh ingredients, home cooking, simple. So, what right. does the family think now? I'm sure your family's been here. Yes. What do they what do they think? Are they are they do they feel like you've honored the family or think this food is too Western? What are you doing, man? What, what is their no, thought? Um, they're they're happy with it because basically this, all the soups is theirs. Yeah, they're from their ingredient. They're they're very happy with the um, the style of soup that we're serving here and how the people are enjoying it. And do you ever get notice critiques? A difference. Mom going. That's not oh, yeah, put all too the time. much All this. the time. That's why they're they're banned from coming here. <laughs> <laughs> Only once a month. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. No, I'm though. just joking. They're they're awesome. Uh, they've been very supportive and helped. And your uh, your family, like your your family, that, that I mean, you you've started this for. Like you've been open just what is it? Just over two years, two and a half years. Uh it's going on two years actually. Yeah, it's yeah. about two years. Yeah. So you're, I mean, no, knock wood here, but like. Yes. You've made it to a certain point here, past that point where a lot of restaurants fail. How's it been? Has it has it been the has it been smooth sailing? Have there been unexpected struggles? How how's it been? Uh, it's been uh, overall it's been pretty good, but there's always ups and downs in anything you do, right? So, but um, it's been a good experience, learning experience. Um, so I've been learning a lot of stuff on the business side and the food side doing this uh starting up this business as i go but overall it's a very it's a very rewarding mm -hmm. experience and all that yeah advanced work you did with your you know your finance background yeah. did that pay off or did uh, we learn anything did we learn <laughs> some lessons? somewhat somewhat but i'm uh i just i'm just glad that people like the food that's my main thing um it's not all about the money here right because my hours are pretty short right so i'm doing okay but my hours are short as long as people are enjoying the food i'm providing good products i'm happy and you'll be around yeah and then i have you know and then have time with my kids so that after. was the other that thing. was the that, main thing right that was the main thing yeah you, do you feel like that that's been accomplished or yeah. it's, it's done what what it yeah. set out to do when that you feel like now you do have more time with the family yes no time for family. now i could uh it's it's never resting time you just always have to uh, invent new stuff too. In I realize in this in this industry to keep cu customers come back and satisfy, right? Can't just settle. We just gotta yeah. always keep trying to. Well, keep and that's being yeah. entrepreneur, yeah. right? Yeah. But certainly uh, compared to where you were a couple years ago, yeah. Working in finance, you feel like this is uh, better for the family. Yeah, it's better for the family. Better lifestyle, I, I think. That's yeah. amazing. That gives yeah. me so much hope. I'm gonna start a restaurant. <laughs> no, Let's do it together. Yeah. yeah. So now, are we? Are you at a place where, like, I mean, you set out to do this so that you would have more time with the family. Is there ever a, 
temptation to grow, grow it. Like you say, it's not all about the money, but I'm sure you get lots of, hey, why don't you stay open till uh, yes, 7 so or 8 yes. so I can get uh, dinner here too. Yeah. Or other locations. Do you ever have thoughts or temptations to, to grow this out? I, I've been thinking about it. Um, maybe in the near future, I might do a, a franchise in the West End. Um, maybe that franchise there will stay late. Uh, this location here, I'll probably just stick to my hours um, for now. Um, that's one reason I took, uh, did this business. I didn't want to stay too long. I know the restaurant business is known to stay late mm -hmm. to make more um, to make more income and revenue. But um, like I said, my um, family is very important. My wife has a job too, full time job too. So you know, it's a balance of uh, both worlds, right? Yeah. Right. So you got to give up some to get to uh, get get the other lifestyle, right? Well, I mean, I think it's a uh, it's a great story, and like I said, I hope hopefully it gives people some idea that uh, you know you can you can have what you want mm -hmm. if you if you set out and do it yes. the right way, and uh, you're willing to put the work in. But I really like that. Um, you chose your family, really, yes. mm -hmm. and uh, tried to build everything around that. And I think that's something that uh, is becoming a little more common of yeah. sort of thinking about the lifestyle that you want yes. as opposed to maybe the salary that you want yes. or the title that you want. Yeah. Um, do you feel like maybe this is something that you're, hopefully maybe your kids will grow up with is uh, less of a... Um, place less importance on on money and more importance on the other parts of life. Um, I think it's just find the balance what they what they're happy and what they want to do in life. That's as parents, I think that's all we could do. Some guidelines and what's important in life, and it's up to them to figure out what's happy for them, right? And if what's happy for them is either it's financially or whatnot, then we're we're behind them 100 percent. Right, but uh, the bottom line is just got to provide them a good base, the family values. That's all we could do, I think. Yeah. We never listened to our parents when growing up, right? <laughs> it seems right. like you didn't, right? But then you think about it and you realize huh. they were right. Yeah. They were right. I hate yeah. to admit it, but they were right. Yeah. All those years, lecturing me, but they were right. All right. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah. We appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah. That was B and B at B's Bon Me. I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. That was so good. Uh, in Oakville, Ontario. <laughs> so well done, Jess. <laughs> what? What? Could I resist? I couldn't. Um, cool. Um, what a neat story. And like perfectly Canadian. Yeah, absolutely. And mm -hmm. I think he sort of reflects uh, in a lot of ways sort of new Canadian values and something that, you know, we've talked about a little bit and I've been thinking about uh, a lot uh, for the last couple of years of, uh, again, taking note of what your priorities are and allowing those to change a little bit over your, your lifetime and evolve. Mm -hmm. And certainly for me, I know that that's happened with uh, starting a family and, and having family be more, more important and wanting to give a lot of space to that. Um, and if that means, uh, again, placing less importance on career and money, I think in a lot of cases in North America and the Western culture in general, I think there is a lot of pressure for men and women to be very career focused. 
and to be, it's almost, you know, it's expected that you're going to be very ambitious in your career. And if you're not, it's sort of seen as a bad thing or a negative thing. Um, but again, yeah. to place more importance on spending time with family and, and less in, in uh, importance on, on money and building wealth, it's, I think it's an interesting trend. I think it's a trend that's happening. It feels like that a little bit. For what sure. do you think? I mean, it just, for me, equates to time versus money, right? Like, it's very trite and easy to say that it's time or it's money, but that's exactly it. And this is time that you really can't make up again when you're no. growing a, sh a young family. So um, it's encouraging that this trend is happening and it's cool to see the creativity that it brings out in people, you know, like a lunch shop is just as vital and you're going to turn out just as much, um, or you have the opportunity to turn out just as much, uh, product and, and all of that. It just requires more of it or, you know, being thoughtful about the way in which you, hope that people will come back more frequently or something like that. Like a regular really means right. a lot in a situation. And I like think he's, he put himself into a, in a good position. I thought originally it was a bit of an awkward place to be per perfectly honest for a mm -hmm. shop like this, because unbeknownst to you, the financial advisor right. had advised himself. <laughs> really well, well, yeah, it, it, but it didn't, it wasn't immediately obvious to me because, uh, that is an area that it's not in a, near a lot of well it's not very close to a lot of residential homes you certainly wouldn't have any like walk up traffic or anything like that there aren't any real restaurants really around there but there are a lot of businesses there are a lot of yeah. um there's car dealers there's repair shops there's offices uh there's some manufacturing on the other like around there and then if you think about the food options there's really not a lot of interesting food there and there's a lot of people. So, um, yeah. and I think he was pretty smart about keeping his menu, uh, very small. So they have, I think only like mm -hmm. four or five sandwiches. Um, they'll have, uh, one salad they offer. And then there's a daily special that, that, that rotates, not the same every week, but generally most of the days are, are set. And then there's one or sometimes two specials. Um, mm -hmm. so there's not a lot of options, but there are enough and they're all really good. Um, so, mm -hmm. and the new stuff that comes in is, it's, uh, I think it's enough to keep people coming and it's, uh, different. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was interesting. Exactly. Like I sort of pulled on that thread a little bit. Again, I mentioned, uh, Oakville not having a ton of Asian food options. Oakville <laughs> is, um, Especially the uh, south of the highway, this is just south of the highway, the Oak Oakville south of the highway is pretty uh, white, I would say. <laughs> and um, this is pretty unique. Um, and mm -hmm. I was sort of asked, like... Probably refreshing. Yeah, exactly for oh, me. Refreshing. But I, I was wondering, like, <laughs> hey, is this was this risky at all for you? But, you know, like, I thought that was interesting that he said that his palate is really Western. You know, he grew up here he grew up in toronto he grew up in montreal so a lot of the food that he was eating was western food so he trusted that his palate like if he thought something was going to be good that there was going to be other people that found that was good and yeah so that's actually a really interesting element of all of this is that he is quintessentially canadian right now in our story in our moment in history in our identification of being like a, a cultural um haven is that a fair word I don't know uh, <laughs> um, but essentially like you're 
brought up in a household where traditions are like hearing that his mom would take transit for an hour and a half to go to the one Asian grocery store. Like that's wild. And that was, you know, I guess we're coming up on 30 years ago. So it sort of makes sense. I'm glad that we're this far past it now. But like, it is a helpful reminder, like that's not that long ago. Um, And hearing about, oh my God. So I guess this is also the moment where I'm just so thankful for immigration because, you know, hearing that the family that took him in as um, the sponsor family was cooking them breakfast that was bred with friggin' (laughs) sugar on top and like, and what, what a, what a welcome to (laughs) this is Canadian sugar and bread. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, this is how we eat in Canada. Like it's, it makes me shudder and I'm thankful that we're beyond it now. Although after last week's, um, episode when we're talking about the state of food and all that sort of stuff, like we're not that far beyond it, I guess. But anyway, point being the influence is great and we're thankful to see, um all these different palettes come through and yeah like not having just uh processed meats and all that sort of stuff on your sandwich but having these beautiful grilled meats having these beautiful fresh vegetables like we are overdue for that and so um it's cool to hear those stories it's also cool like uh knowing that that yeah so he was saying the uh all the immigration out of Vietnam was happening in 78, 79. He was arriving um, by way of Japan in Canada in 79 or 80. Um, That was a moment in time for the sponsorship. And we're about a year out now of like all the Syrian families that um, had to flee arriving in Canada and doing that special sponsorship program again. Like these influxes of people are so integral and so important for the fabric of our country and like in creating diversity and and it comes in the form of food which is I mean I love that we get to talk about food so much and and it is not trite it is not like a casual thing it is really really symbolic um and and yeah bless bon me in Oakville yeah well I mean I think that's again what when you come from a, another country, again, you may have a different approach. It's not even just that you eat different food, but maybe you think about food differently, right? And mm-hmm. for them to arrive at a time when processed food was really at a high, and it was for quite a while, and yeah, obviously it still is, mm-hmm. um, but to again, you know, have the work ethic to, and this again, that, that approach to say, no, we are going to take transit for an hour and a half because it's important for us to get fresh ingredients or it's important for us to have, um, have access to their own exactly food that that we're used to, but you know, and we're the beneficiary as, as Canadians of not only um, those new tastes, those new flavors coming in, but again, it's a little, reminder of uh maybe taking a different approach to food a approach that is maybe closer to food that that values uh freshness that slow and low exactly that values healthy food things like that um so i think that's interesting and just hearing you guys talk about the broth that you're oh, obsessed man. with is so i can't tell you because and it's like you say and this also surprise surprise I wasn't expecting this but like the time versus money thing right like you're talking about um access to 
you know, a bevy of, or like the perfect ingredient that you want wasn't always available when traditions like these started happening. And so um, you're going to coax out the most flavor possible. And what do you need? You need time to do yeah. that. And um, so these beautiful like family traditions that he won't apparently tell us about no. the black box. <laughs> but he did tell me that some of those broths are like 20 hour broths. Like they're, That's what they're I'm saying. on there for quite a while. You can't rush that. No, you can't. And you honestly, like I've, that. Uh, I've had my fair share of uh, noodle bowls, and uh, I gotta say, <laughs> I've not had broth like this before. It really is. It's just unbelievable. The flavors that are in it uh, are mm-hmm. complex and they're very present, but yet um, it's not overly rich. It's not like it just, it, I don't know, it's perfect. To me. There's freshness. There's all those herbs in there and all that yeah, stuff. There's but that's love, the thing. They right? get you they get you in there with the banh mi on the white bread, delicious baguette. Yeah. And then they get you to stick around with all these deep, delicious soups. That's right. All right, that's it for another episode of Foodstuffs. Thanks this week to my friend Bruce B. Bonnie King. (laughs) Um, I'd also like to thank my roommates, Jamie and Ben, for being quiet as we record. It is actually a feat worthy of note. So thanks, boys. Yeah, I guess I should thank Simmel for holding down the fort, keeping Ryan nice and calm while we're doing this. Um, Jonathan Torrance uh, of Taggart and Torrance or of Jonavision, he always refers to his kids as his tiny roommates. Can you refer to Ryan as a tiny roommate from now on, please? Uh, We'll see. I'll think about it. <laughs> and thanks to Ken Stower and Eric Betlam at CIOT. We are not there this week, but we always like to thank them just the same. Thanks so much for listening, guys. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Foodstuffs Life or by searching Foodstuffs on Facebook. Or you can just head directly to our website, foodstuffs.life, and you'll find everything there. You can download our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any other podcast app you could possibly dream of. You can all always stream <laughs> us directly from SoundCloud as well. I'm Brian Goldman. And I'm Jessica Walker. We'll see you next week. <laughs>